This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, the blockade thing, because the OPP went in uh, without maybe, you know, this is a sign that uh, everything is going to de-escalate to a point we can get back to a sense of normal. Who knows where this is going? It's just so frustrating, too, if you consider that there are business impacts, that uh, the economy is reeling. It's uh, something like $850 million a day that's not uh, being realized. And I think about the small business people, too. I mean, some of whom really, you know, are teetering on the brink and uh, supply chains being disrupted, so on and so forth. To give us more detail on the impact, we're joined on the line now by Dan Kelly, president of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Dan, good afternoon. Welcome to the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. So uh, because of the blockades and the lack of uh, train movement here, uh, have you noticed a perceptible impact on your own small businesses that you represent? Oh, the impact has been absolutely huge. In fact, uh, I would say bigger than I originally suspected. Look, in the first couple of days, uh, this was, you know, most small business owners were gritting their teeth and trying to just get through things. Uh, but this is now week three of, of this disruption. And the impact has moved beyond agriculture, beyond mining and, and natural resources, and beyond uh, the, even the manufacturing sector, where now we have restaurants and retailers and wholesalers telling us that they are running out of stuff, that they can't get their products to their intended market. It is huge. We have uh, examples flooding our CFIB offices across Canada right now. We did a survey on, on Friday, and I have to admit I was shocked. New car dealer in, New, in St. John's, Newfoundland, saying that the, the new cars that he's waiting for, customers getting angry because they they're stuck on the rails on their way to Halifax. They were supposed to be put on a ship. Company in Quebec manufactures banners. As missing a hundred thousand dollar order to pay her twelve employees uh, because the goods that she's ordered from Taiwan are stuck on the rail somewhere in Western Canada on their way to Montreal. She's not only worried about missing this hundred thousand dollar that she needs to pay her staff, but she's worried about losing her U.S. customer for the long term. Uh, farmers that are telling me because of the shortage of propane, they're worried about their chicks dying in the in 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 you know as they're trying to raise them. Uh, it is, the impact is huge, and more and more small businesses are telling us that they are about to turn to layoffs. And that's, I think, the piece that, uh, that the average citizen needs to, to start thinking about. This has gone beyond just a few days. This is now cutting into bone in many of these small firms. They don't have huge reserves on which to rely. Well, you know, you mentioned that the rail strike that we, I guess, endured for uh, several days in the fall uh, or early winter, that had an impact too, but this has even superseded that now, hasn't it? It sure has, and it's gone beyond those that time frame. Plus, there is some evidence that there have been, uh, you know, some of the bridges and and tracks have been uh, t- have been uh, tampered with or or uh, bolts taken out. So there's going to need to be safety inspections of these lines before they're fully operational. Uh, this is really, really troubling, uh, and and probably will take weeks, if not months, for the transportation system to come back to normal. That means that Canadian customers uh, are are likely to see some some gaps on the shelves uh, in the days ahead. Canadian employees, in many respects, losing their jobs, and Canadian business owners actually worrying about their very future. This is there's a, a whole bunch of short term, medium term, and and most worrisome long-term effects that we're likely to see out of this. Just out of curiosity, Dan, uh, where were the bolts taken out of the tracks? The uh... So 
there are all sorts of there are all sorts of stories that I'm hearing. I was on a conference call earlier today where they said that they, uh, where there are there is some evidence that there has been some of the protesters have been actually dismantling some of the infrastructure. Uh, I don't know. I don't have independent verification of that, but I can tell you, even the rumors of that will will be will need to be investigated before everything is back up and running. Yeah, you were mentioning how uh, this will have a lingering effect because it's not just going to be uh, you know somebody throws a switch and we're back to business you know full speed and uh, at normal. It's already built into the pipeline, so to speak. Uh, if we'll ever really get back to it, because some people may abandon doing business with Canadian firms or companies because there's a, an unpredictability now built into the system. You're absolutely right. And look, I mean, on the day where we had that tech decision uh, in Alberta where the project's not going to be moving ahead, Canada already is having reputational challenges with larger projects, uh, especially infrastructure projects, not getting across the finish line, not even getting past the approvals process. So there is already some questions about Canada's reliability. But then for individual firms, they're not, they're not as worried about Canada's reputation. They're worried about their own business's reputation. And if you miss out on an order or two from a customer that you've been working hard to try to get on, on your books, well, that customer is not likely to care too much if they're in, if they're in Europe or in, or in the U.S. That, that the reason that they're not able to get their products that they bought from you is because of a rail dispute in Canada. They're just likely to find somebody closer to home or somewhere else in the world that is going to supply them. And the, the impact that that has on that Canadian business for the longer term is something to consider. I, look, I've got an email here in front of me from a manufacturer in Alberta that says that he's got about a week's worth of steel left. After that, he is, he's a medium-sized company, 400 employees in his manufacturing business, and said he'll be needing to turn to layoffs because the business has no income coming in, no work for their employees. They don't have huge reserves often. What are they to do? So what you're saying is uh, the impact is being felt coast to coast. It's not localized by any stretch. It's pretty broad-based. It, it really is. At the, you know, at the beginning, it was a few sectors of the economy that use rail every day. At this stage, it's really all sectors of the economy that are starting to feel the pinch here. And even for those that, that haven't yet, they are likely in the days ahead. And we're, we're just putting the finishing touches on a, on a new report that will we'll try to itemize some of these costs. But the examples are... You know, it, it is it is surprising to me even now uh, how widespread the effect of this has been on small and medium-sized companies, soon to be felt by Canadian consumers and Canadian employees, uh, and something I think we all need to think about. Yeah, for sure, uh, as you say, because uh, perhaps we are too cavalier or casual about things or take for granted, uh, but these are supply chains that are disrupted and real people uh, on the end of it uh, that are feeling the pain, and that's who you represent. Dan Kelly, by the way, the president of the Canadian Federation of independent business. Have you lobbied the government or uh, at least at a maybe uh, granular level uh, gone to MPs uh, and voiced your concerns over the last couple of weeks about this disruption? Absolutely. And, and the business community is doing more of that right now. Uh, we have raised this uh, with several ministers, written an open letter to the prime minister. Uh, I think I've done 50 news interviews over the last week and a half. Uh, try to get the word out that the impact is huge, it's growing, and needs to be addressed uh, really immediately. Uh, it is good news that the Prime Minister, you know, late in the day, but he did cut short his international trip. He has, he has been in, in, in Canada focused on this over the last several days. I was happy that on Friday the language started to be a little bit tougher out of Ottawa uh, and that there is some action taken today. 
I'm under no illusion that there's a there's an easy fix here, and I know there are risks associated with uh, with what's going on, particularly with this police intervention. But there are also risks of ignoring this and letting this drag on too long. And one of those risks is that we get copycat protests, as we already, I think, are, where these things, you know, one's taken out and another one pops up somewhere else. But even if we get through this this particular uh, issue, uh, I worry that this is now the new normal, that, that every group that has a beef with government, that has a protest, even ones that have really long-lasting, serious uh, issues behind them, will start to turn to shutting down our transportation system. When that happens, we can kiss goodbye Canada's reputation as a reliable place uh, to do business. And, and the businesses in the country will lose their ability, I think, to, to sign long-term deals with international suppliers. Yeah, I fear you're right. Uh, it sends an ominous signal that, you know, and it does embolden these protesters, if you will, or uh, whoever they may be. And one suspects that a lot of these folks are just uh, in it to disrupt uh, anarchists, activists, and so on. And now they've taken their cues from this, saying that, uh, you know, if the government has stood down for this long, uh, why are they, they don't have the resolve? I know it's a political question, but uh, if you had your druthers, would you have sooner seen this thing nipped in the bud right from the hop? Uh, I think so. I mean, the the how long are we going to allow these things to to continue is a really important question. And look, I don't, I, I I know the inherent risks of an overreaction just as much as as we've had I I'd say an underreaction on the part of Ottawa over the last little while. Uh, but but if we don't take these things seriously and and move on them quickly, we can count on them being there being more of these kinds of things. And the the economic impact of that could be enormous on on Canada's reputation abroad, and and that is a big part of what's on the minds of small business owners, their long term reputations uh, as as a reliable as a, a reliable provider of products for the world. Early in the process, it was stated by, uh, and I can't recall who it was exactly, a CEO of some organization or other that said about eight hundred and fifty million dollars a day is being sidelined by this. Yeah. Act. Yeah. Uh, so I was just going to ask. Uh, Canadian manufacturers said that, and they're uh, they're absolutely right. We're we're about to we're we're just doing some final digging ourselves on the impact on individual small companies. Uh, I don't have a figure for the Canadian economy as a whole, but the uh, but there's no question we we'll we will measure this in the billions by the end of it. <sighs> Ominous development, as we say. Dan Kelly, president of the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Really appreciate your weighing in on this, and uh, hopefully we'll get it resolved and uh, get back up to speed because uh, it's that critical to the country's economy and to these small business operators that you represent. Thanks so much for your time. Happy to do it, John. You got it. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 